Hello and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews and my look at the Mad Max franchise, starting with the 1979 original Mad Max. This started off, or was one of the first movies in the Oz Splotation movies. It also kicked off the post-apocalyptic movies of the 80s, including Escape from New York. I'm not going to lie here, I'm not a huge fan of these movies, in fact I think Fury Road is barely watchable. However, I need something to do in March, so here it is. Made on a ridiculously small budget of 200,000 US dollars and filmed with no permits, with a complete unknown and lead, it pulled over $100 million worldwide and a franchise was born. I will say I have played the Fury Road spin-off game for the Xbox One and it gets dull real fast. All you do is drive around, smash cars up and get into boring wannabe Batman Arkham style fights. Anyway, on with the show, starring Mel Gibson, Joanne Samuel, Hugh Keyes Byrne, and Steve Bessley, directed by George Miller. Uh, the plot. In the near future, in a dystopian Australia, a lone cop takes on a vicious biker gang to get revenge for his family. Now, before I dive into the movie, I won't comment on Gibson's political views or anything he has said in the past, only on these movies themselves. The movie opens up with a text saying a few years from now, so I'm going to say this in 1984 because why the fuck not? It then shows a fat cop spying on a couple having sex in a field, as you do, until his partner hears on radio that a cop car is on a loose and has stole one of the V6 cars, and honks his horn to get his partner back into the car. We then see Max Rokotansky, yes folks that's his name, Max Rokotansky, so it's not the man with no name then. Played by Mel Gibson, fixing his car on the side of the road, which is a V6, I believe. Note, the car that Gibson drives at the very end of this thing costs $35,000 to build and is more than three times what Gibson got for this movie. Gibson did an audition for a role he showed up with his sister, who was reading for a role of one of the party members. He showed up with black eyes after being in a bar fight and was told to come back, which he did, and he was given the role. Anyway... The stolen car, which is a black interceptor, is chased by another cop car and the original to then fuck up a ram attempt and a run off the road and their car is smashed. The crook that stole the car is Knight Rider, played by Vincent Gill, as he taunts the cops on a radio with quotes from an ACDC song. The two cops that crash finally get their car back running again and start to give chase again. On the road, the operator tries to get in contact with Goose, played by Steve Bessley. However, he's in a cafe telling war stories to folk turning their stomachs to steal their food. He then sees the cop's high-speed chase zoom past, so finally jumps on his motorbike, and I'm not a petrol head here, so I don't know the brands or types of engines in these cars or bikes, so I won't comment on that. He then gives chase, followed by three tow trucks, now heading towards a town called Population, I think. What a fucking terrible name for that town is. Uh, the chase speeds on as the two that crashed smashes into a small blue van causing it to spin out of control and spill its load all over the road. Note, this wasn't George Miller's van as th first thought, but it was a lookalike found in a scrapyard for under $300. With their cop car now totaled, they two give up the chase. The high speed chase continues 
through the town with 90 almost knocking down a small child. This causes all the other cop cars to crash in spectacular style, including Goose on his motorbike breaking his leg. Nightrider gets away, so Goose radios Max to stop Nightrider, who again taunts on the radio, much to his girlfriend's joy. Most of these people are not named, so I'm not going to bother naming them, I'm going to name the ones that are actually named. Anyway, with that, Max fires up his car, plays chicken with the black interceptor and then gives chase as Night Rider starts to cry in the car for no bloody reason. Max rams him a few times as Night Rider crashes into a roadblock and dies in the explosion. And I will say most of these cop cars are either used taxis or old reconditioned cop cars. Anyway, that night Max runs home to his wife Jessie, played by Joanne Samuel, and kid Sprog. Hey, that's what it's called in the script, so leave it alone. Played by Brendan Heath. And as she plays the sax for him, his wife, that is not the kid. The next morning, Max is up and early, much to the annoyance of his wife. Note, all the leathers in this movie are actually vinyl because they can afford real leather. Also, just noticed on my DVD, Gibson is dubbed. In fact, every person in this movie is actually dubbed. At the police station, or Halls of Justice, Max awaits Goose as Goose rolls up on his motorbike with a leg in full cast. It's here Max is shown his V8 souped-up muscle car. That night, at another crash, note Miller wanted all the injuries to be realistic as possible due to the fact he was a former ER doctor and really wanted the blood and gore effects to look real. Max is told by his captain, I think that's who that is, that Night Rider's boys are out for revenge. Max just scoffs at the idea and laughs it off. The next afternoon, a biker gang roll into town, which I believe is called Milk Bar, which is another ridiculous name for a bloody town. Note, these were real bikers and all paid in beer and given a get-out-of-jail-free card, i.e. a letter to tell the police if they were ever pulled over due to the fact that their fake weapons were had to be displayed. It was all for a movie. The gang leader, Toecutter, played by Hugh Keys Byrne, rallies the troops to retrieve the body of Knight Rider as the gang run amok and bully the town folk. With that, one guy and his girlfriend make a run for it, but is run off the road, has his car smashed up, and both him and his girl are raped. Max and Goose get a call of radio about the bikers and go and check it out. Goose went from having a full-on cast on his leg to a small bandage in one day. Wow, he fucking heals fast. On the road, they see the guy that had to make a run for it, running through a uh, wheat field, bottomless with blood pouring out of his ass. As they head up a little bit further on the road, they see the girl tied naked to the ruins of the car and a biker gang member tied to his bike for some reason out of his mines and drugs, which is another actual bloody explain why they dumped him. We find out he's called Johnny the Boy, played by Tim Burns, one of Toecutter's boys, I believe. As in the back of a pickup truck sits Toecutter, cuddling Night Rider's child-sized coffin creepily. As he blesses his bikers going past, which is fucking weird, he sends one of his bikers back to get him, but too bad, Johnny is now in jail. One thing I want to know is where the hell do these, get, these bikers get the petrol and diesel come from to supply these cars and or bikes. Back at the Hall of Justice, which looks like a bloody smashed up warehouse, which is actual in real life, was an old sewage plant. The captain and a judge show up to pass judgement on Johnny the boy, however his lawyer tells him to let him go as no one has showed up, much to the annoyance of Goose, who then tries to beat up the judge, the lawyer, the captain, the Johnny the boy, everybody. Jesus Christ, the movie says terrible. So Johnny the boy gets released, however, only after mocking Chip. Goose and the police one more time. Johnny gets pulled off by one of the gang 
Biker Gang members, 35 minutes in, and this movie is fucking awful. The editing is terrible, the script is non-existent, and all this weird shit for the sake of weird shit does not make fucking sense. Why the fuck is this movie popular? The Biker Gang meet at a beach and party until Tokutter ends it as John and a boy blows the head of a mannequin, because why the fuck not? Okay, what the actual fuck? I grew up in this movie, things happen for the sake of fucking stupid things happening. This is, makes no fucking sense. And according to Intimate Video Database, the toe cutter stuck the gun into Johnny the boy's mouth and cut his, op- his mouth open due to the heat off the shotgun blast or some bullshit. I don't know the fuck, frankly. At a nightclub, because of course it's a nightclub in the middle of this place, Goosey's bike is tampered with by one of toe cutter's boys in a scene that goes bloody nowhere, much like the rest of this fucking movie. The next morning, after sleeping with the nightclub singer, Goose goes back to work. How the fuck did he get from the nightclub to her apartment to fuck her all night is beyond me because he must have took his bike there because she doesn't have a car moving on. He's speeding along an empty highway and crashes the bike into a wheat field, uh, gets up, walks a little, then suddenly he has a tow truck. What the actual fuck movie? This movie does not make a fucking teeny bit of sense. Jesus Christ. Uh, Goose then takes the guy's tow truck and drives off leaving him for a push bike. He is then ambushed by the biker gang and set alight by Johnny the boy after tow cutter threatens his life. Max rushes to the hospital to see Goose who is unbandaged in some sort of oxygen tent with a blue light on him. Okay, what the actual fuck now movie? This is a complete fucking... Oh my god. That night, Max has a melodramatic nightmare, and the next morning, his wife wakes up to find him sitting on a beach eating a peanut butter and honey sandwich, saying he's had enough. He heads to the police station and quits to a half-naked chief of police wearing, sorry, watering flowers, wearing a black scarf and skin-tight leather trousers, because of course they were, why the fuck wouldn't he? The chief begs him to stay, but Max hears none of it, saying he's almost like the biker gang, so the chief gives him a few weeks off. By the way, the chief's name in this thing is called Fifi, played by Roger Ward, for anybody that gives a rat's arse about that one. On the road, Max takes his family on a vacation, or holiday, where they buy a dog, frog in the sun, and dive into the rivers, etc, etc. Then Max has a heart-to-heart with Jessie, telling her how much he loves her driving to a scrapyard because of course you did that on a bloody holiday. Max gets the spare tyre fixed as Jessie and Sprog go for ice cream. Jessie heads into town and wouldn't you know it, Tokata's men are there. How? I mean, how? It says he's been driving around for days going nowhere in particular, yet Tokutter finds him just like that. Ugh, moving on. Tokutter tries to bully Jess, so she knees him in the balls and speeds back to Max. She picks him up and the two of them head off. Max stops the van to take over and Jesse finds a biker's arms, arm attached to the back of the van, ripped off at the socket. So they head to the local sheriff, who tells him to forget all about it and sends him to a farm bed and breakfast. Okay, really movie? A severed arm and the chief of police says forget it. Oh, fucking hell. The farm is run by May, played by Sheila Florence of Prisoners of Block H fame, which I knew from when I first watched this movie back in 1986, I think it was. 88, I think it was even. Moving on. Jessie heads down to the local beach through a forest for some reason, down which she is watched by Tokoda's men. They kill the dog and chase her through the forest. Max hears this and comes running with the shotgun in hand. Max heads off into the woods, leaving Jess with me to deal with the bikers as May's simpleton son follows. 
Make calls to the local sheriff as Jess runs out to find Sprog. Sprog is in the arms of Toecutter's men, who wants one of his arm men's arms back, even though it's been cut off for days, if not weeks. Moving on. May shows up with a double shotgun, blasts one of them with the shotgun, and gets him to hand over a baby to Jess, who gets in the van and makes a run for it with Sprog and May in the van also. The bikers give chase, the van breaks down, Jesse makes a run for it on foot as May tries to hold them off in vain with one bullet in her pissy shotgun. Jesse and Sprog are then run over, Max runs to save them but it's too late. Jesse is in bad shape, losing an arm and having damage to her spleen, face etc etc and she's barely clinging on to life, however Sprog is dead. Max swears revenge on the bikers, he heads to the Hall of Justice and steals the V8 car. This right here should be the entire fucking movie. Max getting revenge on the bikers, not all this weird filler crap. Then revenge in the last 12 fucking minutes of an hour and a half movie. Max heads back to the scrapyard and tortures the owner for information on the Tokater gang. He hands over their names and where to find them. The gang ride out and steal gas from a tanker. So they get all the gas from the silver and bloody tankers. The rest of the gang head off into another town to start shit with Max stalking them in his black V8 interceptor. In some terrible sped up film editing, he knocks one off his bike as the rest give chase. This editing is driving me fucking insane and for the sped up film bullshit and badly chopped editing already. Just uh, moving on. Anyway, the gang give chase, so Max turns around and rams him off the road into a river and no one gets hurt, A-team style. Why pull a punch there? I mean, fuck off. I mean, there was male rape, female rape, murder, a kid get killed, but they pull a punch at them, moving on. Johnny the boy calls for backup, so at the scrapyard, toe cutter and his lover, Bubba, I believe he's called, leave to take on Max. Max stalks the two until he's stuck behind a road digger. Yes, yeah, a ridiculous scene here. So, now losing them, Max finds Johnny the Boy laying in a middle of a wheat field, get out of his car to investigate, however he is shot in the leg, then ran, ran over, well his arm is enemy, by Toecutter's lover. Toecutter's lover goes in for the kill, however Max blasts him off the bike with his shotgun, son of shotgun that is, and kills him. Johnny runs off, Toecutter now enraged, runs off too, so Max eventually gives chase after hobbling to his car. He soon catches up with Toecutter and runs him into a trucker, who, again according to the movie database, was paid $50 plus two crates of beer to do the stunt, but he says no, so the crew placed a wooden grill on the front of the truck and the stunt was done for real. That's why it looks so fucking bad. With Toecutter now pancaked, Max hunts down Johnny, which takes two nights and a day, until one afternoon, Max just so happens to find Johnny at a car crash site at the side of a road, so handcuffs um, Johnny to the crash car's wheel arc, I believe, burst the gas line, and leaves him with a choice burn up or cut your ankle off, as, as again he has handcuffed him to the wheel arc of the vehicle and just walks off after setting light some of the petrol. Minutes later, the car blows up and Max gets his revenge. He drives into the sunset as credits roll. So that was Mad Max, a cult classic or God knows why. This is majorly, majorly overrated. The acting is terrible. The editing is fucking awful. The script makes no sense at all. And this is just cheap, nasty filmmaking at its worst. God all knows why this is a cult classic. A lonely one out of ten. Come back next week for my... 
look at Mad Max Road Warrior and for the rest of the franchise for the rest of the month. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod and email me movie suggestions or what you thought of my podcast to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Follow me on SoundCloud and leave me a like if you liked it, that is. Also, check out my other podcasts of Aliens, Donnie Darko, Rob Zombie's Halloween, Die Hard, Batman Returns, Scream 1 and 2. Also, my other podcasts, franchises of Omen, Psycho, The Fly, Resident Evil and Underworld Franchise. And a bye.